Chapter 20, Part 3 The medicine man was in his fifties, tall and lean, with gray hair. He wore a knee-length dress. Zek watched constantly hovering, asking questions that were ignored, becoming a nuisance, told time and time again to move away, but refusing to do so. A bubbling pot sat next to the chicky, brewing a deep red liquid made of roots and herbs. Lily held the blankets tight around Tobias as the medicine man lifted up and forced the brew down his throat. Then they packed his forehead with lily pads made cool with pond muck. For a day and a night, Zek circled the cheeky like a wolf, stalking his herd, until finally Keith Tiger came to him and said, There is no need for you to do this. It will not help, and as soon you'll have two sick men instead of one. Go and get food and rest. Leave your father to the medicine man and Lily. If there is a change, we will tell you. The old man, or the old woman in the cooking, the chicky, gave Zek a gourd bowl of soft ghee. He went to the far side of the clearing and sat on the log. Don't fret so. They will make your father well again. The medicine man has great power. Zek put the bowl down and said, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were here. The girl was about sixteen, slim and firm, with black hair and swirled down her hips. She had a thin mouth, high cheekbones, and oriental eyes. The look of a pure seminal. I'm Tawanda Cypress. Willie was my brother. Zek flushed with guilt, and he said, I'm so sorry. I offered to ride with them, but they wouldn't let me. If I had gone anyway, he would be here now. You don't know that to be true. It's possible they would have killed you, too. I don't judge you as I judge those men who did such a terrible thing. Zek looked at her closer, noting that she was very pretty. Something was different about her, though. He could not place what it was. The night James and Willie spent in the camp, we rode to the prairie together and they told him many things about his life there. You don't speak like they did or the others. Does it show much? I spent three months and a missionary with his wife, camped out west there, near the 10,000 islands. They were teaching me to read and write, and I suppose I took up some of their ways of speaking. My father says someone among us should learn to write the white man's language, and it would be helpful some day. and he sent me there. They also instructed me in the Christian ways, but I'm confused about that. I cannot understand why Christians kill for cattle. I can't answer that for you, Zek said. I don't understand it myself. But not all we white people are Christians, and not all white men kill. My papa would never do that, and I wouldn't either. Papa almost wanted to kill those men, um, and I would have shot him for sure had Skillet not grabbed me. Can you read and write? Nope, I've never learned. Mama can do it some, but Papa can't, and there's no time for her. Use are such things on cattle drives. All you need to know is how to head count and how money works. I'll go back soon and stay a while longer. Maybe someday I'll be able to teach you. Then we'll both know how. How come you're not afraid to stay with strangers? I was at first, but they're very kind people, and they would never harm me. Their camp is also well hidden from others. Father came in one day while hunting and became friends. I guess I ought to go back out and see about my papa. You love him very much, don't you? Yes, we've done things together ever since I can remember. Well, since some bad times, and we've brought, and it's brought us through and through. I don't know what me and Mama would do without him. You can't help him now by getting in the way of the medicine man and Lily. Let them do what they must. Stay here with me for a while longer. I enjoy talking to you. I suppose you're right, said Zack. But I can't help it. If we were at the house now, Mama would run out with a broom. But I've never seen Papa sick like this, and it scares me. Would you like to see the Great Marsh? I can show it to you. Is that the place James and Willie told me about? Yeah, we call it Pehokee. 
the river of grass. It would be a shame for you not to see it while you're here. Before we leave now, there'll be time to go and return before nightfall. I know that way well. Then let's do it. I will stay out of the way for the rest of the afternoon. I think the medicine man wanted to put me in the cooking pot with that stuff he's brewing. We don't need that. Zek picked up the saddle. It's better without it. I'll put you on first, then get behind you, Zek said, throwing aside the saddle. An Indian woman would never do such a thing. We ride behind the man, not in front. If that's the way you want it, it's fine with me. Zek leapt. Zek leapt up on the horse, and then he took her hand and pulled them up behind. And as they started out of the clearing, she held on as tight as possible. When they finally came to the stream, she said, Stop here and tie the horse. We'll go in on a canoe. On the bank, they had a log dugout cypress canoe and two thin poles. They pushed the canoe into the water, and then Zek stood in front of Tawanda in the rear, and they pulled the slim craft down the creek. It was first tricky for Zek. He almost lost his balance, but Tawanda laughed at him, and finally he gained confidence and pushed the canoe with ease. The stream twisted and turned just wide enough for the canoe to pass. Then suddenly the swamp ended as if a line had been drawn. And looming before them was Pehoki, a land so overwhelming in its vastness that it caused Zek to blink in his wonderment. Sawgrass stretched on and on. Cabbage palm, flights of egrets and herons drifted for miles, dwarfing what Zek had seen in Okeechobee or anywhere else. He continued staring at Tawanda and said, You're one of the few people to ever see this besides an Indian. What do you think? It seems like the whole world out here. How far does it go? To the sea, to the south. It's a many days' journey from here to its end, and it's very, very difficult pushing the canoe through the saw grass. Sometimes the grass is taller than two men, but when people make the journey, they push down the grass and sleep on it at night. And sometimes snakes crawl in with you. There are also alligators out there, crocodiles too. Wow, I'd like to cross it someday. Would you go with me and show me the way? I would if you asked, but it's not a good place for women. We'll go a bit further, and then we should turn back. As they pulled the canoe, Zek watched as interest as the Evergate's kite gated, glided over them. The canoe sliced like a knife through the dense grass, and then Zek reached out and touched it with curiosity. Blood oozed from cuts on his hand. They circled one small island and then returned to the creek. When they reached the place where Ishmael was tied, they pulled the canoe back onto the bank. I'm glad you brought me here, Tawanda. I'll always remember this place. He mounted Ishmael and lifted her behind him and they rode back to the village. The sun sank rapidly, and they approached the village, and already night hawks swooped about, zigzagging crazily, and the mosquitoes. She followed him in the, to the chickie and stood beside him, and he looked down at his father. There was no change in Tobias. The medicine man and Lily still hovered over, hovered over him, paying no attention to Zek and Tawanda. Zek knew it would be useless to question them, so he turned and walked away. One of the cows had been killed while they were gone, and the smell of roast beef drifted from the cooking chickie. Tawanda prepared two wooden plates for them, and then Zek followed to the edge of the clearing. They sat on the ground just at the point where the fire shadows faded into darkness, eating silently. We're breaking a seminal rule. An Indian woman does not sit beside a man while eating. Tawanda got up suddenly and said, I better go to the chickie now before my father comes looking for me. Zek sat by himself for a while. Then he took his blanket and placed it beside the chickie where his father tossed restlessly. The medicine man was gone, but Lily was still there, changing the pads that cooled Tobias's face. The next morning, Tawanda fixed a breakfast plate of kunti biscuits and fried beef strips. He ate it eagerly. He returned to the chickie and sat by his father. 
At noon, the fever finally broke, and Tobias sat up, sipped a cup of broth. Continuing on, Zek's spirit soared as Keith Tiger said, Tobias will be fine now. He has passed the worst of it. In a few days, you will be able to take him home. I know your people are worried. The words caused Zek a new concern that had not come into his mind while Tobias was so ill. His mother would be frantic with worry if they did not return soon. There was no way anyone from the hammock would ever be able to find this small village in the Great Cypress Swamp. He continued hovering over the chickie, again making a nuisance of himself, until Lily spoke the only word she said in three days. Go away and let us care for him. You are worse than a puppy. Tobias gradually gained strength, sitting up and walking a few steps at a time, then moving on to eating solid food. He'd become even more thin, and his clothes hung on him like a sack. On the morning of the sixth day, he said to Zach, How long have we been here? I don't remember much since the day we arrived. Almost a week, Papa. A week? Emma will be worried sick. We'll have to leave in the morning. Are you strong enough to ride, Papa? I could go to the hammock and tell them you're fine, and then stay. you could stay here and rest, and then I'll come back for you. I wouldn't leave you while you were so sick. No, I'll be fine. We'll go back together. You're welcome to stay here as long as you wish, Tobias, but if you leave, you must ride easy and not push yourself. See if you can find queening at a trading post. It is what the soldiers use for malaria. I'll do that, and I truly thank you for all that you've done for me. It is we who owe you thanks. The cows and the rifles will save our people. Is there anything you wish from us in return? My life is truly enough. But there's something Zek wanted if you can spare it. Dogs. Some rustlers killed the wolf dogs you gave us. That's no problem. We have puppies, and you can take your pick. No, Zek said. James promised me some dogs he called leopards, but I took them now. They would remind me of Willie. I can't stand it. I don't want dogs. I understand, Keith Tiger said. It'll be as you wish. I thank you just the same. What's the name of the medicine man who tended me? Tobias said. I haven't thanked him yet. His name is Miami Billy. He is out gathering roots and bark to make medicine for you to ride with you on your trip home. He will return soon. Tonight we will have a celebration of your recovery. We will roast the tail of an alligator. And this afternoon I will test the Winchester against a gator's hard skull. And you will enjoy the feast. All of the Indians were in a festive mood as the huge chunk of meat roasted on a spit. Zek and Tawanda again isolated themselves from the others and ate together. And the alligator was as good as Zek as the first chicken he ever tasted in Punta Rosa. Tobias was tired and went to bed immediately after eating. And soon the village became quiet as everyone drifted into their chickies. Zek was almost asleep when Tawanda came silently and lay down beside him. He put his arms around her. Neither of them was aware that her father came from the shadows and looked at them briefly seeing them asleep together like children, then turning and going away. The next morning, as they were exchanging final goodbyes, Keith Tiger said to Tobias, Do not get back the way you came. It's too difficult in the custard apple forest. Go to the east side of the Okeechobee near the ocean. There are pine lands there and open prairie. It will be easier for you. Tobias mounted the horse shakily and steadied himself. Still weak, but determined to ride. Zek and Tawanda glanced at each other, with their eyes meeting in silence, understanding that he would return, but no care. Tears came to Tawanda's eyes. To cry at parting would not be the way of an Indian woman. They looked back and waved as they entered the woods, and the sight of Tawanda became etched in Zek's mind. 
She looked small and alone at the early sunlight caught in her raven hair. Tobias then said, let's ride now. We've got a long way to go. They moved slowly, stopping often to let Tobias rest and sip the medicine Billy, Miami Billy gave him. And when they rounded the east shore of Okeechobee, it was Keith Tiger, the pine scrub, and the pine palmetto prairie. Days stretched into a week, and as soon they came into the marsh where the herd drowned at the first grazing drive. From here, they turned northwest, going out of the way toward the trading post at Fort Drum. When they entered the settlement at noon, the street was deserted, and there was no one in the store except Turner. Zek hovered in the background as Tobias inquired about Quinine, and as they <coughs> told each other, he had none, but it was on order and should be here soon. He waited until his father started out before going to the counter and hesitantly saying, Hello, Mr. Turner. I'm Zach McIvy. Is Glenda here? Nope, she's not. She's up in Jacksonville staying with her aunt so she can go to school. Then he looked closely at Zach and said, I remember you now. You were here last spring during your frolic. Glenda spoke of you. Will she be coming back soon, he asked. She'll be here for a Christmas frolic. Are you coming? I think she expects you. Well, I don't know, Mr. Turner, but I'll try. Next time you write Glenda, will you tell her I came by to see her? Why don't you write her yourself? I can give you the address. I know she'd be glad to hear from you. No, you tell her f for me, if you will. I don't know when I'll be back here to post a letter, but I better go now. Papa's waiting outside. Emma ran to them immediately when they entered the clearing. Tobias, Tobias. He dismounted quickly and hugged her. You've been gone so long, Emma's worried about you. But I'm glad you're back now. We had a bad thing happen while you were gone. What's that? Frog spoke up. Bonzo died, Mr. McIvy. He took real sick on the way back from Punta Rasa. It was malaria. We'd done everything we could for him, and for a while it seemed he got better. But on the first night back here, he just up and went away. Oh, wow, that's too bad, Tobias said regretfully. I'm so sorry to hear it. I wish I could have at least been here for the funeral. He's down by the river. Miss Emma said some nice words. It was a proper burial. It surprised us all, and I sure hated it. Me and old Bonzo went through a lot together. Zek said, Papa had it too, and that's why we're so late. He was so sick. He was likely to have died. The medicine man cured him. Tobias, you had it too? I should have been there with you. There's nothing to fret about now. The Indians looked after me real good. I still got some medicine, Miami Billy made for me and they're getting in some quinine at fort drum all i need is a few days rest and i'll be okay did you have trouble finding the indians we all figured you'd end up in cuba it wasn't easy there were times i didn't think we'd make it we'd seen things you wouldn't believe i walked on vines right over the top of woods and the cypress trees down there are as big and they make everything here look like nothing and i went to peyoki what's peyoki it's a place like nowhere else we went there in a dugout canoe. Tawanda took me. Let's go in the house and I'll fix something to eat. Then I want to hear all about your trip and everything you saw. The entire group followed Tobias and Zach inside.